This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's no! entertainment. <laughs> Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to small things like no evil should escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern I've let the universe howl in despair for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi everyone and welcome to Across the Airways DC Nation podcast. The only place so far the internet to find podcast reviews cut all of the imaginative content DC Comics provide for its fans. Including comic books, Brian Q. Miller's excellently written Smallville Season 11, bad movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host. Come with me as the most infamous member. Cover across the airwaves core. KTA's very own... Michael J. Petty. Good, Michael, would you like to tell everyone what super comic books we are discussing today? Got this super event that you attended we'll be talking about? Absolutely, Dan. On this week's DC Nation podcast, we will be reviewing both the Argo and Valkyrie arcs of Smallville Season 11. Uh, Valkyrie has recently concluded, so we will be reviewing that in its entirety, but we will be reviewing the first two print issues and the first six digital issues of Argo. After that, we will be covering my trip to Metropolis, Illinois for the 35th Superman celebration celebrating 75 years worth of Superman. Yay, that's exciting. Okay, it's going to make this a super podcast. Yes. Okay, just so you know, we will be talking a lot of Superman here on DC Nation for the next maybe two episodes. Yeah, Maybe probably. more, who knows. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, because Man of Steel is coming out. Okay, we're excited about that around here. And we're seeing that tomorrow of course. time of recording. Yes, we are, and it's exciting. Uh, everybody's very, very excited. So hopefully, hopefully it's going to be a good movie. It seems so far so good, though. Yeah, no from kidding. what we've seen in reviews, which I advise looking at your own risk. You might get something ruined if you read some of those advanced reviews. Yeah. So make sure you do that. Overall, the Steve Eunice's review of the premiere on Superman homepage is pretty spoiler-free, but be warned because there is the potential to be spoiled. Yes. So, thanks to Steve for providing that. And we'll be talking about Steve a little bit more in a little bit, won't we, Michael? Yes, we will. But first, let's take it away with something that Michael covers on the Superman homepage for Steve Eunice. And that's the Smallville Season 11 comic books. Somebody save me. So, we're going to basically go on, kind of have a discussion about the episodes of Argo. The, I mean, the issues of Argo and Valkyrie that we missed. Yes, and on the Superman homepage, if any of you want to read those reviews or... Um, haven't and want to go back the argo arcs any any arc that is not a smallville season 11 special the parallel story is reviewed by mr mark pritchard a friend of mine on the homepage. he also is going to be doing 
Superman Unchained, and he was doing the Injustice Gods Among Us comic. So he's very good. He does a lot for the site. Uh, but I do the Smallville Season 11 specials, like Effigy, Valkyrie, all those parallel stories that go alongside Clark's adventures as Superman. So those are the ones I cover. He does those. And I'm actually going to be doing the Batman Superman book from the New 52 uh, starting next week. Very, very exciting. That's 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 great for you, Michael. Fired <laughs> up about that. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm and, excited uh, for the book. So basically this discussion is going to cause cover issues... 47 through 50. I think that's the right amount we missed, yeah. Of the... Of the uh, digital? The digital issues. Yeah. Yes. And of the print, it will be Smallville Season 11 Special Number 2, which, yes. will be re- which will be released in July, and it will cover issues 13 and 14 of Smallville Season 11, the regular series. Right. Good, so that, that'll be there, and then... Just so you know, cover-wise, the three books, the three digital issues, with the Supergirl cover, because what we're going to be covering of Argo, because then Valkyrie, its cover stays the same. Yeah. And we'll probably go back through parts of that, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So let's take it away with the discussion on those parts. Can you sum it up real quick for us, Michael? Where we are, I guess we'll start with Argo. Well, basically, what we've seen so far in Argo, at least, uh, at least currently, is it starts with Clark rescuing Kara from EarthGov, and then yeah. they fly around and do a bunch of stuff, and the Legion is kind of trying to, you know, save uh, other aliens on Earth from EarthGov, and yes. ultimately Clark figures out that the people of New Krypton, they don't worship uh, the Kryptonian god Rao anymore like old Krypton did. They actually uh, worship the unborn son of Feora, the clone, who, yes. if you guys remember in season nine of Smallville, Major slash General Zod, the clone, um, actually uh, had a well an unborn child with her, but he killed her on accident, and because of that, they kind of worship her as their you know their martyr, their their god so yes. to speak. So Clark and Kara go to the tomb of Feora which, it, which uh, was under Zod's throne that he planned to rule Earth over after he took it over in Season 9's Salvation. Yes. However, that never happened. And because that never happened, uh, the tomb and the throne room was just left empty. So they went into the tomb. And that was, would that be it. under what was left of RAO, I mean, RAO Industries? I am assuming... That it would be not not somewhere in the Arctic because that's where the fortress is, but maybe the Antarctic. Well, I was thinking it was just in Metropolis, where the you know the the uh, where the the clothes were hanging out and stuff. Well, the only the only way I don't see that, and actually it says in uh, the did or the print issue which I'm looking at right now, it says it's over the Amazon, as in the rainforest and all that in South America. Yeah. But the reason I don't think it could have been in Metropolis anyway was because they do mention that Metropolis is new Metropolis now in the future. Right. Old, old Metropolis was buried. Okay. But, um, so basically they find the Tomb of Feora, but they find that EarthGov or someone has been tampering with the DNA of not Feora, yes. but the unborn baby with inside her. And at the last panel of print issue... 14 of Smallville Season 11 and issue 49 of the digital chapters Uh-oh. shows uh, Doomsday. 
Yes. In his original green costume that you see in the uh, in Man of Steel, I believe it's issue 18, I want to say? Yes. Yes, issue 18 of uh, Superman the Man yes. of Steel back from the 90s. So, very, very cool. Uh, now, question here is, this is the unborn baby, or is this Doomsday dug up from the Doomsday episode? Good question. The finale in season 8. Very good question. It is the Doomsday dug up in season eight, and as okay. and as anyone remembers uh, from season eight of Smallville, they do say that Davis Bloom, aka Doomsday, is actually the uh, genetic son of the original General Zod and the original Feora. Right. And the reason they needed the DNA from the unborn baby was to enhance it because it would technically okay. be the same DNA if you think about right. it. So. Uh, it is the. But this is, is just the, the monster because he did Clark split. Yes. Davis Bloom. Yes. Davis, Davis Bloom is dead. This is just Doomsday. They dug him up from Old Metropolis and they're using that DNA to kind of bring him back, so to speak. Now, are we going to see here a death and return of Smallville's Superman? I don't think so. Okay. Because how it seems is it seems this is the first time since Doomsday, so since a thousand and three years ago, that Doomsday has been around. And I don't think that Argo is going to be a Death of Superman story. I think okay. they're going to fight, but I think it may be Clark and the Legion fighting. And this is him confronting a lot of the issues he had near the end of the series. Absolutely. Well, and remember, too, in Doomsday, like, one of the opening scenes, Cosmic Boy meets with Clark and says, beam Doomsday to the future and we'll fight him together as the Legion. Well, I think this is yes. what we're going to see. I think we're going to see that fight together. This is probably like, oh, yay, my, my little idea I had is going to get to happen. Right. So it's, it, it's, it's once again, him fulfilling his things I wish we could have done on Smallville wish list. Now, I will say, I am kind of disappointed that this is the first time Doomsday appears since yeah. Season 8, because Death and Return of Superman is one of the most pivotal and important stories to the Superman mythology. They even say that it existed within the New 52, something that I thought was going to be retconned, yeah. but it actually did still happen. Maybe not the same way, but the basic uh, story did. Yeah. So... I, I'm I'm kind of upset. I mean, they are well, they already have Hank Pencil. Did he get in those? You know, bombed. You know, how did he get in the like suit? handcuffed and then the outfit and stuff? I'm assuming EarthGov did that. Okay, because I'm curious. I, I'm curious how that all worked out. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming EarthGov did that. In the original origin for Doomsday, that was done to him by some alien species, and then they sent him to Earth. Because this could be Doomsday after a fight that he and Clark had later on. It, it is be. possible. It is possible, and I hope it is, because they already have Hank Henshaw and Superboy set up. Yes. All we need is Eradicator and Steel, and I'd be very happy. Steel is something that would be interesting to see them do. Well, I think it would work because in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, Emil Hamilton and uh, John Henry Irons teamed up a lot. Right. And they worked together a lot, both in and out of uh, Steel's costume. So I think that would be a really cool dynamic to put in the comic. 
Yes, I agree. Especially if he's inspired by Superman saving him. That would be great. Yes, I agree with that too. God, I also been interested to see how uh, Booster Gold's story is going to play out. Yes. Within this story. Yes. Uh, because he tries to do his superhero thing in the future and get backfires on him and he gets captured by Earth Gov. Yes. So, I'm interested to see what's going to happen to him. Now, do you think that when this is all said and done, he will start? He won't stay in one time. He'll become a time traveler, kind of like he was in his series, and he'll just go through different times with like Rip Hunter. Yeah, or I would say that. I think that's going to have an influence on what we think is the crisis that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Because that that story arc encompassed the Legion. Got what was going on with them in the future. Mm-hmm. So I could see that still being there. Okay. But I like all the connections back to, you know, seasons 8, 9, and 10. Yes. Um, I think that's those are really strong seasons. Yes. That fit this world perfectly, and I like how they're tying up all the little things they couldn't do special effects-wise with it. Oh, absolutely. And do, does anyone else besides me think it's convenient that this Stark or this Stark, this arc is heavily like ingrained in General Zod and Feora around the yeah. same time Man of Steel is getting released. I think so. I think that's perfect timing. I don't know if they planned that or not. Like it may or may not be, yeah. but it worked out great. Well, there was so much with Doomsday that we were disappointed with that I think Brian's addressing and fixing here. Although, which I like. Although for the record and I know, and I know we were all disappointed at the fight because we wanted a big fight. But for the record, that was never supposed to be their first encounter in the first place. Right. And they were always supposed to fight when they were both ready. And I think now they're both ready. I guess. I mean, I feel like I always took it as with that episode that he was going to come back out, and then we were going to get the death of Superman fight. Well, I did too. Years later, I, I did too, but I don't think that's what Brian's going to do. But we could yeah. be—I could be wrong. I don't know that for sure. I hope he does do a death and return arc in Smallville. That would be amazing. But I—I don't, I don't know. Because that was the one thing about Doomsday I did like. I liked how they explained it and tied it together with what we know happens in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that. I thought that was a good idea. I mean, the fight—it it was what it was. Again, I think they had to. In that scene, they were learning how to do a fight scene. You know, how to do it the right way. Well, and then they did the next one next season with Zod and Clark, and that was amazing. And that was good. And for TV, you gotta remember, TV was limited at the time. Yeah. Because now you can look and go, well, Arrow does this, and Game of Thrones has dragons, and but Arrow Doctor does, can do this and that. Arrow doesn't use CGI unless it's for the right. actual arrows, though. That's why they can afford to do a lot more than Smallville did. It's a whole different ballgame, because you're not having to worry about superpowers or alien artifacts or anything like that. It's just a guy in a suit. But my point I'm trying to get across, and maybe Arrow doesn't point out, but the effects, when Smallville tried them, they were going into a new frontier. And because they took those necessary steps, that's why we're getting everything else on all these other shows. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Falling Skies is a, is a prime example, Michael. Well, yeah. If, if Beeman didn't do what he did with Smallville, 
I don't think Small in the Skies would no, be nowhere what it is now. I agree. So, I agree. there's that too. So, I think you really can't dog that episode. Well. I think Heroes to an extent as well. Yeah, I agree. I, Which I, is also Greg Peavis. Well, exactly. But, I mean, yeah. he, he, he is known for that sort of thing. Which, I would let him direct I, anything. I don't want to just use his name. Because there's other people involved. Well, yeah. With that, yeah. But he's one of the bigger guys. Oh, yeah. Yep, I agree with that. For sure. And again, I mean, that's not the point, but yeah. God, I also liked how they threw in some nods to the new Krypton arc. With Kara being the spy. Yes, I did like Krypton, that. Or trying to figure that out, yeah. Yes, I did like that, too. So, very nice scene. Uh, real quick, everybody, I just want to apologize in case we're having some sound issues. It is storming while <laughs> there, we're recording. There is a storm outside. Yeah, so just in case things are sounding crazy or you think General Zod is attacking our houses where we're recording. That's not until tomorrow. It's fine, yes. 24 hours, yes. But going back to other things that gripped on within the Spawnville season, Eleven Universe... Uh, yeah, I, I liked what was going on with Kara. Uh, Kara's, uh, I liked her also talking about how she's tired of being a soldier because she has to follow everyone's orders and isn't able to make her own path. Yeah. I really liked that, and I, and I hope it ends with Corey Clark in a good place. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it won't. Do you? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I I think it's more of just I want I want to be someone who doesn't have to be in your shadow, and I think right. that's what going to the future ultimately is going to be for her. Okay, can we play with the? Well, it's kind of gross, actually. I, I was gonna say, can we play with the Brainiac? I'm sure we will. Thing? Well, he introduced her into the Legion. That's true. It could work, and and in that scene, by the way, we do can I see. Can Laura Vanderbilt kiss the? James Marsters just... It's a younger James... It's a younger yeah. James Marsters. Okay, we'll go with that. He looks younger in the book. That's true. But, but I mean, when he introduces her into the Legion in that little flashback, you do see other members of the Legion. Like, yeah. you see Block, you see Wildfire, you see Downstar, you see a bunch of different people. It's awesome. I hope we get to yeah. see them, like, fight Doomsday with Clark, if, if, if at all possible. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm really enjoying Argo. I, I I don't have many problems with it. I mean, there's some exposition parts that are a little slow, but other than yeah. that, it's a pretty good arc, and I think it's going to really ramp up in the next three digital issues and the next print issue. Well, it's Superman-centered, which I like. Yeah. I, I really felt with, I like the Batman story, kind it needed to be done. But this is back to Smallville and Superman stories of what we want from the show. Get really heavy stuff connected back to the show. You know, Batman was all new stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad we're kind of going back to some of the story arcs and things that we loved about this show. Yeah. I mean, it just feels more like a season 11 to me. I agree. And the other problem is it wouldn't be so bad if these were episodes, you know, and Batman was 
probably was episode two. But yeah. because it's spaced out over a period of, you know, six weeks, that's how long each arc is. Greg, as each episode would be. It feels like we've spent a lot more time on something than we really did. Yeah, I agree. And I think part of my problem is maybe I should, is we're going by weekly uh, digital issues. Yeah. And I don't know if it would feel that way so much if you went print by print. Or even arc by arc. Yeah. I mean, we can try it. Well, I'm not saying for the show, we don't necessarily have to do that. But I'm saying in terms of reading it, it might not feel as long. Yeah. You know, because like, let's say you're, if season 11 was live action, can you watch it on DVD? You would have went, went through uh, Guardian, Detective, and Argo like water. Haunted. And haunted, yeah, like water. Yeah. And of course, Evagene Valkyrie wouldn't have even been made. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with that. And also, the other thing with this, this story feels like more less like a team-up book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that, too. That's because Legion is a super myth thing. Well, there's a comic book called Superman of the, and the Legion. Legion of Superheroes, so yeah. there you go. Well, and I think we needed this, too, especially since the next arc is Wonder Woman. Okay. And I don't think that's as long as Detective. I think that's only three print issues instead of four. That's probably smart. But I, I can't be positive about that. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I don't know for sure. We'll have to ask Brian at some point, but... Well, they can't have him hook up, thank God, so... That saves a lot of controversy. Yeah. And quite honestly, though, I'd rather have Green Lantern before we have Wonder Woman in this comic. Well, was it, was it in Argo or Valkyrie? Where they were talking about a green light. That was Argo, but that wasn't a Green Lantern. That was um, Flamebird or whatever. Although it could be reference to a Green Lantern. Because I got excited for a little bit there. Because like I don't know if that's right. It could. Yeah, be. you're probably right. Flamebird. That would be cool. Well, they call it Flamebird, but that doesn't mean it is. True. Yeah. So I mean, that I mean that would be very cool. Even if we just got Alan Scott to come back in a small season 11 special and, like, introduce Hal Jordan to superheroics, that'd be really cool. I agree. Like, I'd be totally up for that. Because Alan Scott's already an existing character in the universe. All you have to do is bring Hal Jordan in and model him after Jensen Ackles and you're good. There you go, yes. Even, yes. And he may look like Jason Teague, but it doesn't matter because Jensen Ackles is awesome and he would be great as Hal Jordan. Yes, Michael and I were talking about that off the microphone. Yes. God, yesterday. Yes. Casting our version of the Justice League. We had some pretty good cast, too. Rachel Nichols as Wonder Woman. Yes. I kind of want to save that, though, for maybe an episode for us to do. Sounds good. Yes. On an unrelated note, Zach, or Zach, Scott Snyder, I'm getting the Snyders mixed up. Scott Snyder's Superman Unchained issue one came out today with art by Jim Lee, and it was yes. it was really good. But also his Batman twenty one 
with art by Greg Capullo came out today, which is the first of Zero Year. Yes. Oh my gosh. Riddler is involved in this arc, and it's awesome. Okay. So we got that. Well, Michael and I were also throwing out a theory about the next Batman movie. If they make another solo Batman movie. Yes, and we'll, and we'll save that too. <laughs> but yes. it involved Riddler. It did. Yes, it, we that idea that would involve Riddler. And we thought maybe this Riddler story arc, which I guess is zero year, uh, would be something that they could use. I don't know if it is zero year because the Red Hood gang is still ma- the major like thing for it. But they do something with Bruce Wayne's family that I don't necessarily like. Well, the Red, the Red Hood thing was in Batman Zero. Yes, yes. Which took place before. And, and it's continuing here, but I mean, they do something to Bruce Wayne's family that just doesn't feel okay. Please and, don't have it involve any of the Morrison Batman Rip stuff. No. I, uh, I really want to tell you right now, but I don't know if I should. I don't want to ruin the things for the listeners. That's true. I'll, That's... Tell, you, I'll tell you off air then, but... Uh. Check out that comic book then. Yes. Batman Batman issue 21 and Superman Unchained issue 1, both Scott Snyder stories, Batman and Superman World's Finest, they're awesome. Good. Speaking of other comic book story arcs, let's move on to Valkyrie now. Yes. The Lois and Lana team up. Yes. Which resolved a major problem the series has had. That's <laughs> plagued fans for years. And then I've had. And it went to Michael's liking, actually. It did. In a really interesting way that actually made another popular villain more like himself. Yeah. So it worked two a lot ways. Cooler. It worked two ways, and it really was good. Like, initially... Yes. When the first chapter of Valkyrie came out, I was not a fan. I did not like at all the way Lois was in the arc, and I did was not very fond of Lana coming back with superpowers. But at the end of the arc, and by the way, this will include spoilers for Valkyrie, but by yes. the end of the arc, when they boost Metallo up as his supervillain self, when they get rid of Lana's powers and give her her own destiny and purpose... Well, basically, Metallo's uh, heart absorbs Lana's kryptonite suit or skin. Yeah, it absorbs her Gets kryptonite. Gets her, she loses her powers. Yeah, it absorbs her kryptonite and then the Prometheus uh, nanites or suit that's laced to her skin. It takes it all away. And then gives yep. him him extra powers, actually. He has more mechanical powers like he does in the comics. And actually, it reminded me a lot of uh, Metallo and Superman Batman Public Enemies. Yes. And I thought I that was very that. good. I thought that was very good. The only thing that's still very unclear about Metallo is still the whole business about Upgrade and how he was a heroic character of that, and then it didn't work out. Will they explain it, kind of? So is it because the heart didn't work that he gave up on trying to be good? Well, the red kryptonite heart, I guess didn't work as well, maybe? I, I, I don't really understand that part. Maybe it didn't function with his body. Because it was my... Because I took it as the red kryptonite kind of effect like it does on Clark, where it basically turned to evil. Okay. I don't know. I just don't think it worked with the technology that was in his body. 
again, Upgrade is my least favorite episode of Smallville. And I think it's a mess. So, uh, yeah. So that's why I'm still, I still don't think it's very clear. Well, but that's my opinion. Well, Corbin does say that after that, after that didn't work out, and after, you know, he couldn't really get a real job because he wouldn't pass the physical or anything like that, he went okay. to Toy Man. He was hired by Toy Man for a job as a mercenary, and he was fine with that because he needed work, he needed money, because he obviously couldn't get a job. And but why wouldn't, like, I don't know, uh, Star give him a job? Or, like, um... He probably, he probably didn't want anything to do with the blur. Okay. Because of what happened to him. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess. Okay. Got his sister's situation. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Bottom line, Lana lost her powers. That resolves a major problem. And I think she found a purpose that was good enough to explain why she wouldn't just go back to Clark. Yes. Well, and she realizes that Lois and him are kind of engaged, so... I don't think she really wants to get in the way of that. And I thought the show explained very well why Clark would go running back to Lana, even though she has lost her powers. Yeah. Yeah. I still think the whole Lois and Clark romance was a little fast, but... Right, but it makes sense now that it's happened. Yeah. Now that it's over and they made it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... There is that. And, of course, they make Metallo like this beast. <laughs> He's pretty awesome now. Yes. So that, that helped a lot, especially after Upgrade, and especially well, after Well, I would think there's a plans for maybe a rematch of the work. Yeah, that's what I'm Clark. assuming. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. So, I mean, and I love how Cat Staggs drew Lana, because she draws her short, just like the actress. Yes. She's so short, it's hilarious. Well, Erica Durant is a lot taller than she is. Yeah. And that was on purpose to make her different from Chloe and Lana. Yeah. Because they're both very, very small. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. That, that amused me a bit. Well, I mean, does that cover it for Smallville? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to say. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I really enjoyed both arcs at the end. Um, well, arc yes. is not over, but I, I enjoyed Valkyrie by the end, and I will be reviewing yes. the next, uh, the next uh, parallel story, the next Smallville season eleven special, Hollow, when that starts coming out in a few weeks. So, look. Do you know who that involves? I don't. Okay. So it's a surprise. Yes, and I w- and I hate surprises, so we'll but- see. Well, maybe it'll make your review better, we'll see. Yeah. God, I do like the direction Argo is going so far. It's interesting to see how Doomsday is going to play out. Yeah. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's, it's... Superman! 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 Alright, 
right, so with that, we're going to move on to our discussion on the Superman celebration. Yeah. Of Metropolis, Illinois, that Michael attended. Yeah. I had plans to go on a trip to Colorado during that week to see some family friends. I actually live in Amy Adams, who's going to play Lois Lane's hometown of Castle Rock, Colorado. There you go. So I was kind of in a super bad place. But what Michael got to experience was about 150 times better. <laughs> well, at least you had fun, though, on your trip. I did have fun on my trip, yes. But this is Superman, and Superman is awesome. Well, so we're going to talk about that. There is that. So really, I mean, Michael, to start things out, go uh, into the people you met there in a little bit, but for those of us who have really never been there, go to the town of Metropolis, Illinois, kind of explain what the town's like. You know, is it a big place? Is it a small town like Smallville? Give us a little bit of insight on that. And then kind of give us an idea of the setting of the celebration. You know, was it indoor? Was it outdoor? Was it like a carnival? Or was it like a comic con, like convention kind of thing? Um, so just kind of give us the lowdown on all that. All right. Well, Metropolis, Illinois is quite literally at the bottom of the state, like the rock bottom, like the only thing separating it from Kentucky is a river. Okay. And the funny thing about Metropolis, Illinois, is all the people there are like southern people. So they all have the strong accents. They're all kind of hicks in a way. There's a lot of fried food. It it was a lot of it was very cool. Um it it is a smaller town. It's kind of like Smallville in a way. Actually, if you think about it, there's one main street, and that's where everything was. Uh, I, I don't know if any of you have seen pictures of the town. If not, I would in- encourage you guys to look some stuff up. In front of the city hall, there's a big Superman statue that's, I believe, 20 feet tall that everyone everyone poses in front of. It's 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 there. It's Superman in that position with his uh, with his fists on his hips, you know, that big heroic stance. Yes. It's it's very cool. It's very cool at night, actually. But they light it up and everything. Yeah, it's lit up at night. Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I have pictures on my Instagram account mjpetty7 and on my Twitter account mjpetty7. If you guys want to look at anything from my time in Metropolis, uh, that it, it, there was a lot of stuff there, so I took a lot of pictures. Um, the top, the actual celebration itself is very interesting because. There's a lot of just random events that people do to get people interested, but then there's a lot of big events. Like there's meeting celebrities, there's meeting, uh, there's meeting writers and artists who worked in uh, comic books. There's, um, there was a live show this year that was a reenactment of a Adventures of Superman season six episode, I believe, called The Perils of Superman. And there was a live reenactment of it. Uh, it was it was very good. The sets were very good, and the actors were just like the characters, just like the characters from the show. It was very cool. Okay. So I mean, I mean, there was that. There was live music. There were vendors, comic vendors, shirt vendors, uh, all kinds of vendors, comic stores. There's a Superman museum there where you can see all the Superman memorabilia from like way back in 1938 all the way up until the present and it's a lot of really cool stuff uh, what we said mainly comic books or that was just any memorabilia okay so like props used on the george reeves show yep 
based on the movie, stuff like that, okay. Yep, yep, and there's a lot of uh, cardboard standees. There's some mannequins that, there's a mannequin actually that looks like Brandon Ralph, and it's in the Superman Returns suit, which is actually really cool. And the cool thing about the museum, too, is they actually are playing uh, all day long. The Look Up in the Sky, the amazing, uh, I, I want to call it Adventures of Superman or something like that. Yes, that movie. Yes, that the documentary. Yeah, the documentary they released in 2006 was Superman Returns, all about Superman. And that is actually playing uh, pretty much around the clock there in the museum, which was really cool. And then, of course, there's a store um, with a bunch of different stuff there. Just a bunch of different memorabilia for sale. It, it's it's really cool, but it's really cluttered. But it's really yeah. cool. There's a, there's a lot there. There's a Smallville prom one night too, which nice. which was very funny because I literally walked into the doors of the prom with um uh two three people I was with. I'll tell you about them in a little bit. Um, yes. and literally the song that immediately started playing as we walked through the doors was "Save Me" by Remy Zero. I kid nice. you guys not. That was what started playing right when we walked in. It was perfect. I think Michael had to leave the prom early to stop the tornado. Yes, I did. Yes. It was it was kind of disappointing, but, you know, it needed to be done. Someone needed to do it. Yeah, you know. But there are a lot of cosplayers there, too, which is very cool. Like, not just DC cosplayers, Marvel cosplayers, like, fantasy cosplayers. There's a guy dressed up as Jack Sparrow who won the cosplay competition. Now, why would they be dressed not as a Superman something? Does that make you out of place? That's a good question. A lot of people took pictures with you regardless. Okay. Um, there were a lot of people dressed up as Superman. In fact, the people dressed up as Superman a lot of times were actually very muscular and had the big Superman barreled chest, which was actually really cool and made so me feel... So they fit the part, nice. Yeah, and it made me feel really, like, lame, because here are these guys in spandex suits with their muscles going through, and I'm like, alrighty, I'm wearing this fake muscle shirt. Yeah. But, yeah, you know. But you have a podcast that they might not. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there. So there. So out of all the activities you did, did you have a favorite thing? Ooh. Um, that's really hard, Dan. Okay. I mean, uh, quite honestly, there was just so much there. There was so much to do, so much to experience, so many people to meet, both whether they were celebrities, um, artists, writers, uh, just people on the internet. I mean, there was just so much to do. I don't know if there was a favorite thing um, in particular. I mean, there were definitely some really cool stuff. Like, there was a 75 Years of Superman thing that, uh, where we got to see people in costumes that Superman has, have worn, has worn over the last 75 years, which was really cool. I mean, there was a guy in an actual Man of Steel costume that it took him seven to eight months to make. Wow. It, I mean, there, there was a lot there. There was Superman Jeopardy. There was a bunch of different stuff. So, I mean, favorite thing? And you kicked butt at Superman Jeopardy, right? Well, funny story, me and Steve Eunice, um, and I'll talk about him more later, him and I were in the back of the tent during Superman Jeopardy, and uh, and uh, we were answering all the questions without raising our hand, so we, we knew everything, but but we didn't actually get to play, which was kind of sad. Oh, that is a bummer. Yeah. You could have kicked butt there. Yeah. And, uh, the, the stage play, I've, I've get intrigued by this. 
Was that an outdoor presentation? No, it was not. The the hotel that we stayed at, the Baymont Inn, which is literally right on the river, right next to a casino, um, it ha- it also has a theater in it. And, nice. and it was used during the celebration for two things. It was used for the Perils of Superman live show, the uh, the actual play where uh, Keith Howard played George Reeves' Superman. And it was also used as an auction room. And that was on Saturday from 6 to 2 in the morning that auction went on. Cool. And there was both stuff that they would physically auction off and then there was silent auction. Very nice. Yes. So there were some cool memorabilia kind of products there. Well, I mean, during the silent auction, I won a whole packet of Death of Superman stuff for 30 bucks. It included nice. it included a Death of Superman poster, which was very cool. It included an original copy of Superman 75 in its original wrapping, which I got for you, Dan. Thank you. Um, and then I got the Wizard magazine from the time, which was very cool, which went all through uh, Superman's history up until the Death of Superman. And then it also came with the original graphic novel with Lois crying with Superman in her arms on the cover. That's that's the original one from the late yes. 90s, I believe. So so that was really cool. It was definitely worth the 30 bucks. Yeah, and uh, did they happen to sell an Action Comics 1 or anything crazy like that? Quite honestly, it went so long that I, I, I just don't know. I doubt they did. I think Good. everyone would be going nuts if that were the case. Yes, but um, but I I don't know they didn't they didn't sell as many comics per se as they did memorabilia. Okay, which was interesting. Like they did sell some, but not as many as you would think. A lot of the vendors were selling comics. Okay, and I bet there was a great selection there of everything. Well, there was this one comic store that was selling comics for a dollar, and they had almost all of Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness's Superman run from the early 2000s. So nice. I, was, I was getting as many as I could, because those that's one of my favorite Superman teams. So well, I, that's around I the time when Superman Batman Public Enemies came out, too. Well, and around the time Smallville came out, too, and Jeff yeah. Loeb at the time was working on Smallville, so a lot of it influenced each other, which I really liked. So I tried to get as many as I could. Very cool, very cool. Was there a lot of Smallville memorabilia? Got things like that? There, there was a good amount of Smallville memorabilia. Oh. There was um, the those novels I actually bid on in the silent auction, the novels they put out around seasons one through three. Yeah. I wanted those because I've actually never read them, but I was outbid, unfortunately, so I didn't get them. But they were there. There were some Smallville posters there. Uh, there was there were Smallville DVDs. All ten seasons were there. Um, of course, I had them, and I have the complete series set. But but there was a good amount of Smallville stuff there, actually. Any any of the museum comics? Really selling uh, Smallville season eleven? I did not see any Smallville season eleven. I was shocked. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, you did say there was a variety of celebrities there. Yeah. Shed some light on us who was there, who, who was exciting. Well, uh, I'll, first of all, I'll, I guess I'll just name all the people that were there and what they've played. Margot Kidder was there, who was Lois Lane in the original Superman films, as well as being Dr. Bridget Crosby in Smallville Season 4. Yeah, the foot hanging out of the dirt. Yep. Uh, there, 
there was Tracy Scoggins, who played Cat Grant on the 90s show Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, alongside Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Hey, well, okay, because, like, Dean Cain was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, no. No, I wish. Because I said alongside, yes. I wish. Okay, uh, Michael Bailey on uh, the Crisis from Crisis podcast, which reviews all of the Superman comics from about 1987 to 2006, until the Infinite Crisis. Uh, he said she was underused. Come on, said Clark. Can always gets upset with that <laughs> every time she's brought up. So that's funny. Can always think of him when, when you mentioned her name. That's Can talk me about that. Uh, there was also Michael Rosenbaum. He was there. He played Lex Luthor in Smallville, and he did the voice of the Flash on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, yes. as well as Superman the Animated Series, and a bunch of different animated films. Uh, so he was there. Alessandro Giuliani was there, who played Dr. Emil Hamilton on Smallville, but he also is in Man of Steel in the role of Sergeant Segaway, I believe it was. And he actually shares a scene with Emil Hamilton of the Man of Steel universe in the film, very briefly. So that's kind of funny. And also he was on Battlestar Galactica, for those fans of that show. Yes. There was also Lori, Lori Mitchell Roberts and Gregory Moffat, who were both um, guests on The Adventures of Superman with George Reeves. They were there. And Jerry Lahr, who is a... I, I don't know if it's a wrestler or a boxer or whatever he is, but he was there as well. And some people made him a big deal. Others just didn't really know who he was or care. I would be in the others category. Did you, uh, did you meet all these people? I did get to meet Margot Kidder, Tracy Scoggins, Michael Rosenbaum, and Alessandro Giuliani. Nice. So I got to meet the big four that I wanted to meet. Uh, I have pictures with all of them. That's on my Twitter feed as well. Margot Kidder was so sweet. She unfortunately she looks very old. Uh, she doesn't look like she did in Smallville. That and that wasn't even ten years ago. Right. But she, but she was she was very nice. She was wearing a Superman Metropolis Illinois snuggie. Nice. And she gave me a hug, and I got a picture with her. She signed my Superman the movie uh, extended edition DVD, and said to Michael, nice. "Love Margot Kidder." So that was very cool. Um, Trace- was it weird seeing Roosevelt with hair? It was weird seeing Rosemont with hair. He had facial hair and head hair, and it was just really weird. But he was very cool. He signed something for my sister, Paige, who actually couldn't make it, but she really wanted to go to see him. So he signed something for her. He signed my – him and Alessandro Giuliani both signed my Smallville Complete Series booklet that came with the Complete Series set. And what I'm trying to do is trying to get as many Smallville people to sign it as possible. So we'll see how far that goes. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool you being Rosenbaum. You gave some interesting insight about him regarding playing Lex Luthor because, well, that it was a challenge for him. Yeah, because during the Q&A session, uh, he actually stated that playing Lex Luthor, at least in the later seasons after season four or five, was uncomfortable for him because he's not a very mean guy. He's a very funny yeah. guy, very nice guy. And him to play an evil character was very out of the box and it did help his acting career and helped his acting in general, but it wasn't something that was comfortable for him or even came naturally to him. So that was very interesting. Um, Alessandro Giuliani was actually really cool as well. He was talking to my dad about the Blackhawks game and talking about strategies for them to win for however brief we were talking to him. So that was, that was very funny. And then Tracy Scoggins, let me tell you, 
Let me tell you, she is just like Cat Grant, and it is frightening. Uh-oh. Like, I, I, I had her sign my Lois and Clark season one DVD, and it says, To Michael XOXO Tracy Scoggins, and she is, like, so cat-like, it's ridiculous. Uh-oh. She's, she's very, a very hands-on person, a very um, sensual person, so to speak. Let's just go with that. It, it was very interesting. Let's just say she was, Michael Bailey underused almost, Yes. She was very yes. nice. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong at all. She was very, very nice. But but she was a, it was a little weird to You're like I see why you were cast into this role. Well, and she was wearing like a leopard outfit like she was the cheetah, and I'm like, oh my god. Well there you go. She was into the role. Well, clearly. Did anyone get um Alessandro Giuliani to say could he have uh do we do? Uh no. The, the, the fortune references. Nope. Nope. Unfortunately. Um, but there were two two artists also that I got to meet. I got to meet Brett Breeding and Ron Fence. Brett Breeding, uh, yes. for those of you who don't know, he drew Superman during the death of Superman, the return of Superman, reign of the Superman, all of that. I got him to sign my Superman 75, the issue where yes. Superman dies, which I had already gotten signed by Dan Jurgens. So getting it signed by Brett Breeding co- pretty much completed it for me, which was very cool. I also got him to sign my uh, uh, Superman, I want to say it's 78 or 9, the issue where Superman officially comes back after defeating the cyborg, which is also very cool. Nice. Uh, Ron Fence was very nice to me. Uh, I went up to him, and I saw some of his comics. I was looking at him, and he saw that I was looking at him, and there was one with Superman Red and Superman Blue on it. And I was kind of looking at that one because I don't, I, I didn't read much of that arc in the comics, so I was interested. Yeah. And he goes, I'll give it to you for free, and he signed it, and he gave it to me. And he also signed my Superman Beyond issues, nice. there, which was very cool. Oh, so he, okay, he wrote for Superman Beyond right now, that's cool. Well, no, he did the artwork for okay. and co-wrote the story for issue zero, which kind of launched the Superman Beyond series, but I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think he works on it anymore. Okay, all right. But yeah, so that that was which, by the way, he was also selling his Superman Beyond issue zeros for three bucks. I brought my own, so I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, he was happy to sign it for me. So I was like, all right. That's really cool. Yeah, but they but were, no, they were very they were very nice. But no real big names, nothing, nobody that's working now, right? No oh. James Robinsons or no no Jeff Loves or anybody like that. No one like that. I mean Chris. Chris Sprouse was there, who worked on Legion of Superheroes in the 90s on the Legionnaires book, yeah. which is actually one of my favorite Legion runs, believe it or not. Yeah, that's a good run. And unfortunately, I didn't bring any of my Legionnaires books, so I was kind of ticked because he didn't have any of his own, and all he had were prints that you could buy for like a big price, and I'm like, I'm not paying for that, unfortunately. But Stevie Nuss and I did get to talk to him, so that was very cool. And Art Bal- Balthazar was there, who works on Superman Family Adventures and Teen Titans, um, what was it, like, te- Kid Teen Titans or Tiny Titans, that's it. Tiny Titans, yeah. Tiny Titans. But he was that's not cool. at the booth when we walked in. His stuff was there, he was there, I got to see him a little bit later, but he w- I didn't get to actually meet him or anything. So that's pretty cool, so you had booths where comic book artists... Kind of writers were selling their stuff. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a photographer. Cool. Yeah, they got their own little uh, building, and they called it Artist Alley and Writer's Way. So you got cool. to go in there, and they were there from like ten in the morning till like I want to say four or five in the afternoon every day. Now, was it like a comic book comic con thing where you have to wait in line to meet with them, or was it more like you could walk in the tents, talk with them a little bit? Was it more of a low key thing? For the actors, it was more like Comic Con. Right. I was just for, the, so. for the writers and artists, it was not. It was more like booths and stuff like that, where you can talk to them for a bit, where they don't have as many people around them and stuff like that. So that's that was, really cool. It was very cool. It was. That's an experience you wouldn't get at Comic Con. No, and it was really a very good setup. It it really was. Uh, whoever whoever uh, planned the Superman celebration this year did a very good job. Okay. And I just want to give a shout out right now to Josh Burlinghouse. He he was he is the official Superman of Metropolis. Nice. He's in the suit pretty much all day. He's taking pictures with people. He's posing with people. He did the opening skit uh, with uh, when the celebration opened in the first place. He w- he was a very cool guy. We got to hang out with him one night. Um, very late, very late. We were up till two in the morning, but uh, a bunch of us got to hang out with him. He he's a very cool guy inside and out of costume, and he's he has the physique of Superman. Like he could be Superman on screen. It was is he a fan too? He is a fan. He came to Metropolis as a little kid and knew immediately that he wanted to come back one day and work it. And now he's back as Superman, and he's actually a physical cool. trainer in real life in Austin, Texas, or it's Houston, Texas, one of the two. When he's not in Metropolis as Superman. Neat. That's really cool. Yeah, he's a very cool guy. He's a very cool guy. Can I think we should mention the other celebrity you met. I don't know if he sees himself as a celebrity. But it's exciting for us because I've read his website for years. That's Steve Eunice, the owner of Superman Homepage. Yeah. You got to meet him at a Hardee's. Yeah. And from there, it was an adventure for you guys. Yeah, well... Um, about eight months ago, I started working on the Superman homepage, writing or co-writing Smallville season 11 reviews with Mark Pritchard. And Steve was very nice to me back then. He, he drew me in. He gave me uh, last week the job to write Batman Superman. And I was very happy about that. And I got to meet him uh, Friday morning at, at the Hardee's in Metropolis for the Superman homepage meetup. And it was the first time we met. Uh, we were the only two from the homepage who actually made it to Metropolis. So we basically we hang out all hung out all weekend. And that was that, that was very fun. Uh, his sister Carol was a blast and her friend Phil from the UK was very cool. So the four of us were pretty much going everywhere so to speak. So that was a, that was definitely a, an experience. Steve Mutus is a very great guy. People were pulling him off the side of the street to talk to him. People took pictures with him. A few people asked him for autographs, believe it or not. Wow. And, yeah. That's I mean, great. That's it, exciting. It was just a great experience. And he's a very nice, very open, very welcoming guy. He, he immediately he immediately knew who I was once I introduced myself and immediately was like, okay, come hang out with us. You know, he was, he was a very – Wow, that's great to hear. Yeah, very good guy. Very it's good It's good guy. to know that there are other accommodating sites – out there on the internet as well, as well as we are, but we try to be. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Steve, as a shout out for me, thanks for hanging out with Michael. Thanks for showing him a good time. Giving us a lot to talk about as well. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. And the, the owner of Hardee's, I have to also have to give a shout out. The manager at the Hardee's, and I forget his name, and I feel so bad, but I have to give him a shout out because he was so good to us. He went around during our homepage meetup and started giving out free food to the people there. And not only that, but we had dinner there that night. Uh, Steve, Carol, uh, my dad, Phil, a few other people and I, uh, Kenny and Michael, shout out to you guys. Um, and he, he gave Steve and I both the Man of Steel uh, action figure set that they were giving away in the kids' meals at the Hardee's. Nice. And that was very cool. He, uh, he also sold me for four bucks the complete collector's cup set, which is four uh, collector's cups. There's one with Superman, one with the S logo, one with Jor-El, and one with Zod. Very cool. Nice. Very cool guy. He t- he took his job not only very seriously, but had a great time with it, and really like got his people, got the people um, of the Hardys as employees into Superman for the day, or all for the weekend really. And it was very cool. He even took a picture of all of us at the homepage meetup at, the, cool. at the end of it, and hopefully that will get on the site at some point at on the homepage. But I don't know. But it was very cool. It was a lot. Well, it's just cool. I mean, it's just cool seeing all these people, all these Superman fans coming together yeah you honor the love for this one character i mean if superman was real or clark Kent was real i think that would make him smile yeah yeah no i mean it was was it's definitely an experience and there are other people that i got to meet uh while i was there uh kenny richardson he was uh i met him at metropolis he's a very nice guy his cousin Mike was also there with him. Also a very nice guy. I think I convinced him to start reading uh, my reviews on the homepage <laughs> because yeah. he, he came because of Kenny. He he didn't actually he's not actually a big Superman fan, but because of the celebration, he's considering going to see Man of Steel and he's also considering reading uh reviews on the homepage, which is which to me made me feel really good. That was really big for me. It's a it's a gate you gave him a gateway yeah. to it. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, and his cousin Kenny, great guy, great guy, Southern accent. I believe he's actually a farmer. He is hilarious. I love that guy. There's another guy there that I got to meet that I know on YouTube and Twitter. And if you guys know who I'm talking about, his username is CK61938. Waliu from the UK. He is hilarious, Dan. He is a black guy with a black accent from the UK with an English accent, and he is just hilarious. He he was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with him during the opening of the Superman celebration. Uh, I saw him a bunch of times throughout the entire day. Um, great guy, great guy, a lot of fun. He was at the he was at the Smallville prom too, and watching him dance to Gungam style was one of the best things I had seen the entire trip. It was so funny. It was, I mean, it was great. And the entire time, it was his first time in America. He loved America. He did not want to leave. He, he wanted to stay in Metropolis at the Superman celebration forever because he goes, I could, I could make this my life. This, this was incredible. And it, what's really cool is on his forearms, he has, a tat, he has tattoos in Kryptonian of his name and his birthday and his son's name and his son's birthday. That's awesome. And it's in the Kryptonian language and everything. Oh, 
It was, and he was running around taking costumes with cosplayers and all that. There was a really hot uh, Donna Troy and Zatanna that he took picture with, and I was really jealous because I didn't, and I knew I should have. But it, it was he was he was a lot of fun too. So Waliu, shout out to you, buddy. Also, shout out to Kyle Schultz who was there on Saturday, and I missed him because he was only there for a few hours while you got to meet him, but I actually missed him. He's a buddy of mine on Twitter. Schultzy90 is his Twitter name. Unfortunately, I got to, I missed him. I didn't see him in time, and he had to leave. But shout out to you because you were one of the people I also really wanted to meet, and I know you from Twitter anyway, so there is that. Yes. And also, you know, all these people are more than willing to come back up to, you know, check out our show could be a part of things here too so i hope you kept some of the information michael yeah i got, maybe I got a good amount of them shows on, and stuff i got a good amount of them on twitter i got some yeah. of their emails so so we're all good there but yeah i mean just a, just a lot of i mean really yeah. like it it got you so hyped up for man of steel it was ridiculous the celebration did and, and i hyped up for man of steel and it was I need to be going. I make it be more Well, and it was perfect timing, too. Oh yeah. And and here I was kind of mad about this, but I understand it to an extent. On the Thursday and on the Saturday nights, they were going to be showing Superman the movie, um, showing an outdoor screening of Superman the movie, and unfortunately Warner Brothers came, and this is a rumor, this is what I heard, but Warner Brothers came and shut them down because they didn't want it to interfere with Man of Steel. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I think that's a huge marketing opportunity for them to hype the movie. I think so too, especially since most of the characters in Superman the movie are going to be in Man of Steel. Especially Zod and yeah. Zod. Well, yeah, Zod. I mean, if they're going to show Superman Returns, I understand. Yeah. Why would you show Superman Returns? But that's besides the point. Right. But yeah. And what? Uh, that's that's unfortunate. I just think Warner Brothers really could have built this. Yeah, I agree. Because they're really them and DC are really desperate for the movie to be a success. Yep. So I don't understand why they wouldn't take an event. Like the Superman celebration, like the 75th anniversary of Superman, could play it up huge in an event like this. Well, here's the thing, too. If they were really smart, what they would have done is they would have shown some previews for Man of Steel. They would have shown some preview scenes, yes. maybe had someone come down and represent the film and get people excited for it to go see it this this weekend. Like, really, if they were smart, that's what they would have done. But at the least, they would have let them show Superman the movie. And unfortunately, that it, that didn't happen either night, which was sad. Yeah, which is, a, yeah, really. And I, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I know it's not a Comic-Con event. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. You know, it's not L.A., but still. I think this is a great prime opportunity for them to really get publicity out there. Yeah, because they're doing a great job with products right now. Yep, the Dodge Ram commercials, the Dodge Ram commercials, the U.S. Army commercials, the um, Gillette stuff. Yep, the Hardy stuff for sure. I mean, they're picking the right businesses and industries to do this. I'm very surprised that it's Hardy's that's doing a 
if that's too bad of steel. Honestly, I, I think thought it'd be more of a McDonald's thing. I would too, but I think it's because it was a cheaper deal. Also, McDonald's is affiliated with Disney. That so, too. Kind of bad plot. That too. It could have. I could have seen them do Burger King though. And and Burger King did do Superman toys at a time. Yeah, they, they did, did Superman the animated series, and I think they yes. did Superman Returns as well. Yes, they did. But so I'm surprised. But I am kind of glad it was Hardee's because there was a Hardee's during the celebration. Yes. So it was absolutely perfect. And who knows, maybe Warner Brothers was nice and they did that purposely. It's meant to be, yeah. Because quite honestly, unless you were going to eat at any of the street vendors, which by the way, there was some pretty good food overall. Like the homemade chips and the corn dogs were pretty good. Nice. But unless you were going to eat at the street vendors, there were only two actual restaurants in town. And then there was the Hardee's. So it's pretty. That, that manager was genius. Yeah. Yeah, genius. That's Ab- great. Absolutely. So I mean, perfect marketing, perfect everything. The guy in the Man of Steel costume. I mean, anything people were doing to promote the movie. I saw a lot of people in Man of Steel logo T-shirts. Right. I mean, that's that's great support. I was in one as well, and I believe Steve was at one point too. And, and anybody can do any, anything anyone could do for this. It's great, because I really think it's going to be that great of a movie. Well, and they even, during the 75, um, the 75th anniversary, like, kind of, uh, event sort of thing that they did, uh, where they went through each of the big costumes and eras of the Man of Steel, the last one they did was about the Man of Steel movie. Cool. And the guy with the Man of Steel costume came up, and he started talking about it, and pretty much told people to go see it opening night. Yeah, it's going to be outstanding, and I'm sure God, Steve had an excellent experience going to see it in New York. Yes, he got to see the New York premiere. Uh, he left Sunday, I, no, he left Monday morning, he got in New York, and he, him, his sister, Scotty V, and Jeffrey Taylor all went to see Man of Steel, and they gave it an excellent rating. They said there were things that fanboys are going to get upset about, but they said as Superman fans... As fans who have been waiting for this for so long, as fans of every era of Superman, they really enjoy the film. And I think if that's the case, Dan, you and I are going to have no problem with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think I the think same thing for things we're going to debate. Yeah. I think there's going to be a few things that we said, well, Smallville might have done that better. And that I will, do think there's going to be a little bit of that. And that will probably be our next DC Nation episode. But yes. I, I agree. And Wu and I is probably next tangent time. <laughs> but, yes. But yes, I, I agree with you. Everybody in ATA is going to get to talk about the movie. Yes. So all your favorite people at ATA are going to talk and discuss that. Just yes, at some just point. So let's throw it out there. So because I, I know Nico's going to have some things to share. Andy will most definitely have things to share. And, and of course, Wu. He's been living for this movie, so of course he's going to have things to share as well. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'll be on different podcasts doing it for sure. Yes, but DC Nation will be Michael and I. Yeah, and Tangent Time, obviously, Wu and I, so that leaves ATA for everybody else. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> which is not bad, which is not bad. That is not a slam. No, because ATA's got all the cool stuff we're covering right now. Right, we're just separating. Like Falling Skies, which also advertised 
the crap out of Man of Steel, which was awesome. Yes. And Continuum, which and Continuum. You know, the lead actress is our number one choice for Wonder Woman, so there's that. Yes. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, Metropolis really is a dream experience. I know Steve Yunus only goes every five years. He went five years ago for the first time, and he came this year for this time, especially because of the Man of Steel premiere. And and I think he's coming back in five years. And you know what? I think that's what I'm going to do too, quite honestly. I think I'm going to come every five years so I can save enough money to make the trip. And I can just have a good time. I can hang out with Steve and whoever else from homepage shows up and whoever else shows up. Like, I'd really like you to come one year, Dan. I would like to. That's that's my goal, depending on where we all are in five years. Yeah. Well, there is that. There is that. But maybe we can make an exception. I do kind of want to meet Steve Eunice, though, and contrived. Well, he said your name sounded familiar when I was talking about ATA, so so that leaves you intrigued. Yes, well, I, I don't know. There may be an email coming his way. We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, I think we're going to wrap things up now uh, with moving on to the closing. Yep. Uh, Michael, you want to tell everyone what's happening? Got our next episode. It's going to be big. It's going to be long. Okay, it's probably going to contain... What very, very in-depth, heartfelt discussion. Absolutely. what's happening next. Absolutely, Dan. On next week's episode of the DC Nation podcast, we will be covering the next chapter of Smallville Season 11, but shortly after that, as that section will most likely be very short, we will be covering our thoughts on Man of Steel. Here on the DC Nation podcast, that is right, folks. Man of Steel on the DC Nation podcast. What a perfect podcast to talk about it on. Dan and I will be giving our thoughts. Dan and I will be giving our thoughts and opinions on the film, as well as what it could possibly mean for the future of DC movies. Got a bright future, I hope. It means. Yoda there? What? Yeah. Channeling Yoda. Yes. Yes, I have. A bright future, I hope it means. Yes, exactly. But better than those Star Wars prequels, I will tell you that. Well, which, <laughs> which really aren't as bad as everyone says they are, but, you know. Right, true. I really enjoy them, but that, that may just be me. So, so that that's that's what we're going to be doing next week. I mean, thank you guys for listening to my spiel on Metropolis yes. and obviously our great Smallville talk, which was very good this week. God, I also want to... Uh... Thank all the people that gave you a good time at, at the Superman celebration. Yes, shout out to uh, the entire Superman homepage staff. The, the site you guys general, are awesome. The number one Superman website in the world. And man, it just feels so good to you know be a part of that. God, they're the most informative as well. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. No question there. And also, until our next podcast, uh, you can check out our other shows we have. We've got It's Tangent Time now. Yeah. Ghosted by Michael and Moo. Where they talk about whatever they feel like going on within the entertainment industry. Yep, pretty much. Okay, so the next episode is going to be about Man of Steel. Yep, most likely. Just random thoughts about that. And uh, what was the first episode of? <laughs> well, that's a good question. <laughs> it's really funny because with Tangent Time, we don't talk for like two days beforehand so we like who gives me the topics literally the day we record it uh on, on the latest uh tangent time uh we talked a lot about x-men days of future past and avengers 2 and quick, 
Quicksilver and all that. We talked a bit about Smallville, mainly the stuff we never liked about the series or didn't like about the series, believe it or not. And, and then we had a conversation about Pixar and Disney animation in general. And then finally we had a conversation about the Joker and and if he is too dark currently in the comics and animation. So, so that was... So it's a mixed bag, so fake. Yes. We have a lot and, of topics. And as you can tell by Michael laughing, hilarity ensues throughout all those oh, yes. random tangents. Yes, it does. So if you had a good time and some randomness, listen to It's Tangent Time. Yes, please do. And we also have Across the Airwaves, uh, the original podcast that started it all here. And uh, that's hosted by myself, uh, Nico, and Michael for the summer, as we are going to cover a variety of shows. That's a little different than our uh, fall through spring schedule. We're going to be talking about TNT's Falling Skies, yep. which is come back, guns blazing, got amazing. So check that show out. We're also talking about another great, equally cool show that's just been added to ETA, Continuum. Oh, so yeah. check that out. And we're also still going to be talking about uh, the Sci-Fi Channel shows, Warehouse 13 and Defiance. So it's a sci-fi heavy summer for ATA. Kind of talking about all those shows. Could also be doing a rundown section called Burn Notice. So that will be a part of things. The show's in its final season. Can I love it? So I'm going to be mentioning my thoughts on those episodes for a weekly basis. And I'm sure Nico has something he wants to put in to run that section as well. And we will also be talking about the Goodwin games. Which, which is, is very funny. Very funny. And it's on CBS. Yes. So check it out on CBS. Do you know what night offhand, Michael? I believe it's Monday night, but I can't be sure. Okay, so it's Monday night. Probably in the time slot that How I Met Your Mother because normally it because it's made by the same people. And last but not least, it's on hiatus right now, but it's planned to return of the fall. Uh, we've got Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, which covers episodes of the hit CW series, which is coming back this fall, Arrow in greater detail. Yes. And there may be an episode of this summer to maybe talk the Comic-Con panel. Yes, there will be. Okay, so there'll be a Comic-Con episode... Okay, there may also be a DVD release episode. I mean, DVD. Yep, there will Hooray. be that too. Okay, whenever that comes out. Because that's still to be announced. Uh, no, the... no, we announced that on our last episode. So yes, that, that will be happening. Uh, when, when are the DVDs coming out? Or the Blu-ray coming out? Oh. Or do you not know yet? Um, I think it's August, I want to say. Okay. So they will be discussing that before Carol comes back. Yes. Also, if you're interested um, in helping out our podcast so we can keep providing all of our great content for you, we're affiliated with DCEntertainmentShop.com. So if you click on the huge banner we have on the left-hand side of our site with Batman on it, click that, buy something from the DC Entertainment Shop, got it paying for those products, um, you will be helping out across the airwaves. So do that if you can. Also, if you'd like to contact us about any of the shows we cover, Man of Steel coming out, um, just say that you were at the celebration, because you were at celebration about Michael, or, you know, just whatever you want to do to get a hold of us. 
Um, you can contact us in a variety of ways by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. There you can email us at acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves.gmail.com. Also, uh, for the movie and TV news, called that my co-host Nico and the other people involved with their podcast called Find Out Every Week can report on on our podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and also by following us on Facebook, you can stay updated on our podcast episode releases. And for that same information, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Across the Airwaves. There's no dot there. It's just Across the Airwaves. Or you can follow our circle on Google+. Also, if you'd like, you can leave a voicemail with your thoughts on anything we cover. What number can you call to leave us a voicemail, Michael? one 773 809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel for all the summer movie trailers for the movies that have come out and are in the process coming out, such as Iron Man 3, Man of Steel, The Wolverine, The Lone Ranger, Star Trek Into Darkness, and just a whole lot more. We have multiple trailers for all those movies there. So you can check that all that stuff out. Also, uh, if you don't want to go back through our podcast to listen to all the ways you can contact us, you can download our podcast box app, which will let you listen to our podcast episodes. You can contact our podcast through your iPad or iPhone. And if you're on an Android or a Windows device, you can get the same content by downloading our Android app from the Amazon Marketplace. So once again, for our ATA core members, Nico Reifstuck, Gandhi Babak, and Luke Kim, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you guys. Have a great week. And enjoy going to see Man of Steel. The movie's going to be super. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.